Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Uh, my name is Justin Chambers. I'm the pastor here at New Song, and so I want to, want to welcome you. Are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? Let's do that. It's going to be fun today. In fact, it's going to be a, a great day of ministry. The, the Holy Spirit just showed up in a powerful way at the first service, and um, I want to let you know with what we're going to talk about today, uh, there, there will be a time of response at the end where, um, where we're going to open up the altars and just have, have anybody who wants to come down and pray, and again, it was just a powerful time. Uh, at, at the first service, and I know it's going to be at the second, because we're going to talk about the peace of God today. And this is, this is a topic that I've been wanting to talk about for several weeks and have been really, um, um, uh, I'm, well, I'm, I'm just going to be transparent with you guys. Um, uh, pastors are certainly not exempt from, from struggles and turmoil and, and stress and anxiety and things like that. And, um, and, Sometimes I struggle with, with the lack of peace. Do you? And you don't have to raise your hand or anything like that. Just, I, I just want you to know that what I'm, what I'm teaching about today is something that I'm, that I'm adhering to myself personally and have been really for quite some time now. But um, uh, pastors, including myself, we struggle, with, we struggle with peace. We struggle with the lack of peace sometimes that we have to fight for that and have to take that by faith. And... Um, you know, there's a lot of stresses in being a pastor. There's a lot of, um, um, well, just a lot of, a, a lot of work. A lot of, it's just pastors bear a load that very few people understand. And then on top of that, you have family, of course. You have, you, have, you know, your spouse. And, and, you know, children, they can steal your peace right there, right? I mean, if you know, you know anything about children, there's difficulties in, 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 in um, being a parent sometimes. And then, of course, there's financial struggles that people go through and a lack of peace when it comes to finances and maybe some a lack of peace at your workplace or with your with your job uh, with, with your boss with coworkers, uh, I mean there's there's so many reasons that we would uh, experience a lack of peace in our life. Uh, the devil the, the devil gives us plenty of reasons to do that. In fact, we can look at what's happening in the nation right now, and a lot of you are not at peace with what's happening in the nation right now, and, and there's a part of me that doesn't blame you. I mean, uh, we're seeing things in our nation that we've never really seen before, and, and hearing things, and, and, and decisions are being made that at a very, let me say it like this, at a very aggressive rate. Have you noticed that? Things are just uh, are progressing very, very quickly, and... I would also say even around the world, there are certainly some things that, um, that we can talk about. In fact, just this very morning, I, I went up to a couple of guys uh, here in the church just to say hi to them and shake their hands, and, and they're talking about the monkeypox, you know, that's, uh, that's going around, and that's, you know, kind of the story. And I thought, boy, there, there are always things happening, um, not only in our lives particularly, but in our families, in our, in our, in our homes, in our workplaces, in you know, our community, in this nation, and, and around the world, things over and over and over again want to steal the peace of God that we are meant to have in our lives. And I struggle with peace sometimes. I'm, I'm just, again, being transparent with you. I, I struggle with peace. And it's something that, peace is something that I have to consistently take by faith. In fact, my, my wife and I, um, we've been talking about this recently, and um, um, just just praying praying about things and and just rejecting stress re- rejecting anxiety and and things like that so we've just been encouraging one another and I was listening to a pastor a few days ago and he was talking about uh, anxiety that he was facing and that he decided to go on a 21 day fast from anxiety and 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 I was, I was listening to this sermon I thought boy that is brilliant I've never thought about it like that I've never I've never had that thought to to, you know, a lot of times we'll say, well, we're going to fast food or we're going to fast, you know, media or, or social media or television or whatever. But I, I went to my wife. I said, you know what we need to do? I heard the sermon. I think we really need to fast um, anything that would steal our peace from us. So let's fast fear and let's fast anxiety and let's fast stress. And any time that those thoughts and those feelings come upon us, that we just reject those things and we go on a spiritual fast 
which is really ultimately putting, you know, exchanging all of the fear and the anxiety for faith that we have in Christ Jesus. And, and she thought that was a great idea. And wouldn't you know it that as soon as we say we're going to go on a 21-day fast, it's like bam, 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 that the devil just starts punching you in the face with things that you need to be stressed about or he tells you that you need to be stressed about. How many know what I'm talking about? It's like all of a sudden when you decide to go on a diet, cookies never sound so good in your entire life. You know, or, or all of a sudden people are giving you, you know, desserts to eat. And, oh, you know what? I'm going to go on a diet. Hey, pastor, I made you a cake just for you. Like, Thanks, you know. And um, how many know that the devil just knows how to do that? When you make a decision in your life to pursue something that God has for you, the devil has a way of just backing you into a quarter and just trying to beat you up with that very thing that you're, that you're struggling with and that, you're, you, that you want to be free from. And uh, as my wife and I made this decision, I'm telling you the truth, everybody. It's just been one thing after another, after another. And, and we just decided we're going to still stick with it. We're going to still focus the, the way that, that God wants us to focus. And I just have this sense that if, if my wife and I are, are being attacked in, concerning the peace that we are meant to experience in Christ and in God, odds are you are too. That there are people in this room that are facing that. And this morning is going to be a morning of healing for you. It's going to be a morning of, of, of trust. It's going to be a morning of faith. And it's going to be, there's going to be a move of the Holy Spirit that happens in your life if, if you would so allow the Holy Spirit to do that in you today. And, and I, want you to tell, I want to tell you right up front where this is going, that we are headed towards a time of ministry in just a few moments, a few minutes, in which the Holy Spirit wants to do some things in you that, that ultimately I believe that you want to have happen in you because no doubt there's many in this room and watching online that you're just sick of the struggle. You're sick of the lack of peace that you have in your life. And I want you to know that whenever I pursue peace, I, can, I have access to peace because I have access to God. And so today, today I, I want us to act and, and, and think about it like this, that if you were struggling with peace and you said, Pastor, hey, Just, Pastor Justin, can we just talk? You know, I'm really having some struggles in my life. And, and, I, and I would say, hey, Kay, why don't you come on over? And, and Jennifer and I, we invite you into our house, and we sit you at the kitchen table, and, and we serve you a cup of coffee. And this is the discussion that you and I would have at my kitchen table. If you, if you were sitting there saying, hey, I'm really struggling with peace, I would tell you, first of all, hey, I, I do too. Like I, that, that's an issue in my life, that, that I have so many things coming against me and uh, against, uh, I'm just going to say it. Uh, very honestly, there, there are many weapons that are formed against pastors and, and their spouses and their families and the, and the church that they pastor and against the, pe- uh, against the people that they pastor. Let me say it like that. And I know a thing or two about attacks, everybody. Can I just be honest with you? I know a thing or two about being attacked from the enemy. And, and I, I think I have some things that I can share with you that are going to be helpful to you. So, so just think about it right now. We're just sitting at my kitchen table. And we're just drinking a cup of coffee, and I'm encouraging with you with the Word of God. And what I want to start out with by saying is this. In the Britannica Dictionary, it says that peace is actually the, the absence of war or the absence of trouble or, or turmoil. In fact, the Britannica defines it as a state in which there is no war or fighting. A state in which there is no war or fighting. So that is a... That is a worldly definition of peace, but that is not God's definition of peace. In fact, God's definition is so much different. The Hebrew uh, word for peace is actually three uh, consonants, and it's S-L-M is the Hebrew root word for peace, S-L-M. And it means to be complete or to be whole. So, so... Uh, you know, if you ever speak with a Messianic Jew or even a Jew in general, in fact, when we were in Israel, we heard this all the time. Instead of saying hello, they would say shalom. And what does that mean? Shalom, S-L-M, shalom, peace, peace. In fact, if you, if one of the places we went to in, in Israel was the city of Jerusalem. Salem, S-L-M, peace, Jeru meaning city of, so it'd be the city of peace. That's what Jerusalem stands for. Isn't it interesting that the city of peace is, is one of the, the most famous cities in the entire world for being attacked? Like everybody's against Jerusalem, not everybody. Obviously, I'm, I'm thankful as, as a nation that we support the nation of Israel, by the way. That's a sermon for another day. But how many know that the Israelites, God's chosen people, 
And isn't it interesting that one of the smallest countries in the world is also one of the countries that everybody is, is, is against, not everybody, but most are against and attacking. There's always drama. There's always conflict there, even though the, the, the name of its primary city, Jerusalem, is the city of peace. And, and I think it is very symbolic about how the devil wants to, even if you're a child of God, even if you've been chosen by God, that the devil wants to attack your peace. I think it's symbolic of what's happening in, in the Christian's life. And so let me explain it to you like this then, that even though Britannica says that, that peace is the absence of war or the absence of trouble, uh, the, the Hebrew word for it, the root word for peace is actually completeness or wholeness, then true peace is not about what you don't have, meaning trouble, but actually peace is about what you do have, and that is completeness in Christ. So, so peace is about what you do have, not what you don't have. And so if you came into my house and said, Pastor, I'm just, I'm just struggling with a lack of peace, I would take you to Philippians chapter 4, Verses really four through nine, but I would take you to Philippians chapter four and I would, I would tell you, I'd teach you the words of the apostle Paul. And that's what we're going to do today. I want you to pay attention to this. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. What's the statement? You might want to underline it. The Lord is near. So don't be anxious about Anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding or surpasses all understanding, will guard your minds and your hearts in Christ Jesus. Okay, so I would take you to that portion of Scripture and I would tell you three different things in that portion of Scripture. Remember, peace is, what, is not about what you don't have, meaning trouble. It's about what you do have, which is completeness in Christ. Okay, so, so here's what I would tell you. This is what you do have. This is what we do know about God. Okay, the first one is, here's what we do have. A God that is good. And that's why the Apostle Paul tells the church of Philippi, hey, rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. And what he's saying is we have a good father. We have a really good heavenly father. And we have reason to rejoice. So what we do have is a God who is good. We also have a God who is close. Write that down. A God who is close. He said, listen, rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. Why? One of the reasons is the Lord is near. But the Lord is near. And because the Lord is near, there's something else that we have to write down. That we have a God who is listening. We have a God who is listening. And I'm, I'm going to talk about this just for a second. Verse 6 says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God, and the peace of God will, will be made known to you. The peace of God is going to come down on you. So here's the three things that Paul is saying. If you are struggling with peace, here's the three things that Paul is saying to us. Here's the three things that the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. That God is good. That he only has good things for you. That God is close. That he, he may seem distant, but I promise you he's not. He's actually very, very close. And that God is listening. That God is listening. When was the last time that you just openly poured out your heart to God? When was the last time that you just opened up your heart to God and just let the river flow, as it were? You know, I, I was thinking one of the most vital things in a relationship, we all know this to be true, is communication. And, and there are times where my wife, in fact, we just went through something very recently. And by recently, I mean just in the matter of the, the last week. That I, I, I finally just, I just finally opened up and told my wife all, some things that were just happening in me. Some thoughts that I was having, some questions that I was Asking And for multiple months, my wife was saying, you know, hey, is there something we need to talk about? No, I'm doing good. No, doing, doing great. Well, 
Well, Justin, it just feels like, you know, there's, uh, what are you thinking? Baby, I'm not thinking anything. I'm thinking life is good. We're going to make it, you know. And, and I, I think sometimes we do that. Sometimes it's pride. In, in me, that's not the case. But sometimes it's pride. People just get to this point of, I can handle this by myself. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to tell everybody this. I'm just going to keep this to myself, and it's going to work itself out. you know. Or, oh, I just need to think through this, or whatever the case is. Sometimes, and in this case, I didn't want to be a burden to my wife. I, I didn't want to add more stress to her, to her life. I didn't want to, to, to bring any anxiety into her or cause a, any anxiety. And I just decided, hey, in order to protect my wife, I'm just going to hold back a little bit. And, and, then, and then you realize over the course of time that actually when you hold back, it, it's actually even worse for, for her because then she's secretly wondering, something's wrong with my husband. Something's wrong with my husband. I don't know what's wrong. I wish he would just talk to me. And it actually creates more stress. So for all of the men in, in this room, when your wife says, hey, baby, talk to me, the wise thing to do and I'm from a man, you need to talk to her. Because actually not talking to her is probably worse than, than what you're actually going to say. It's just, good to, it's just good to get things out. How many know I'm just being transparent with you today? Because I still, I still make mistakes in that area. And, and I told her some things. I just, all of a sudden, I just started, okay, here's what I'm thinking, and here's what I'm asking, and, and here, here are these big questions that are coming into my head and my mind, and, and I don't know what to do about these things, and I, I don't know what to think about these things. And at one point, I looked at her. I said, does this surprise you? And she said, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, this is going terribly bad. You know, this is really, this is really bad. Does this surprise you? Yeah, it surprises me. Well, I, that's why I was holding in because I didn't want to, you know, cause you more stress. You're like, oh, I, I, this is what we have to talk about. You know, we have to talk about these things. And I wonder, everybody, in the healthiest of relationships, the healthiest of relationships are relationships in which you can truly communicate and be vulnerable and to expose what's really happening on the inside. In the healthiest of relationships, you should have that ability to do that. And so it is with God. But the Bible says that you can take everything that you're struggling with through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present that to God. And you're going to have a chance to do that this morning. To, to present yourself to God, to open yourself up to God and just pour out all of those things that you've just been holding in. And, and when you do that, you need to know three things, that God is good, that God is near, he's close, and that God listens. And the fourth thing that's not in your notes, that when you do that, when, you, when you're vulnerable before the Lord, that he has the ability to give you peace that passes all understanding. He gives you peace that transcends understanding. And it's this glorious moment that you can experience in the presence of the Lord and with precious Holy Spirit. And you can experience freedom when you do that. So if we were sitting at my kitchen table, I would just be telling you, hey, 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 have you done that? How is your relationship with the Lord? Because I, I would tell us all in this room, based upon that portion of scripture, that we don't just have a, a, an issue with lack of peace. We don't have an anxiety issue. We actually have a relationship issue. Because he says, if you were to bring those things to me and be vulnerable which is what you do in healthy relationships, and you pour those things out in front of me, I will pour my peace into you. That whatever you pour out to God, he has something to pour into you that heals what you pour out to him. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful exchange. And today that needs to happen for many of you in this room. This beautiful exchange that needs to occur. Then I would take you back to Philippians 4, 8 and say, hey, there's some things that, that we need to talk about because this is what the Bible says in this context of peace. He says this, 
Philippians 4, 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true and whatever is noble and whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And here's the context again. The God of peace will be with you. Let me teach you something about a lack of peace in your life. The first thing, write this down, that an unpeaceful mind operates in fear. An unpeaceful mind operates in fear. An unpeaceful mind is always fearful about what could happen or what might happen. And in those moments, if you think about it, you're not thinking faith thoughts. You're thinking fear thoughts. In in the lack of peace in your life, you're you're not living by faith. You're not walking by faith. You're not thinking faith thoughts. You're actually walking in fear and living in fear of what potentially could happen In your life, everybody, listen, make no mistake that an unpeaceful mind operates in fear. Fear. And when I exposed some things to my wife just over the last few days and just said, hey, hey, here's what I'm thinking. I I guarantee you, I was fearful about how she was going to react. I, I, was, I, I was fearful in, in the lack of peace inside of me too, thinking, well, what is it going to be? And how is this going to work out? And what should I do? And what decision do I have to make? And what would be the wise one? And, and I'm thinking fearful thoughts. Well, what if I make the wrong choice? Fear. Fear leads to an unpeaceful mind. And yet the Bible says over and over and over again that we're not meant to live in fear. Because fear, as you know, you've you've heard me teach before, fear, and some of you might not like this term, but it's true nonetheless, fear is a demonic spirit. Fear is of the devil. The Bible says that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So fear is a demonic spirit in our life. It's evil in our lives. We're not meant to live in fear. We're not meant to live by fear. We're meant to live by faith and walk by faith. And yet, we, we have the struggle because the enemy is forming weapons against us all the time, trying to force us to live in fear. But we're not meant to live that way. We're meant to live in peace. So an unpeaceful mind operates in fear. I'm going to show you this in John 14, 27. This is Jesus speaking. He says this. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. So peace was very important to Jesus. He said, of all the things that I could give you, I want to give you something that is going to be of great value to you, and it's going to be peace. Now watch this. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. He said, I'm going to give you something that you're meant to live in, that you're meant to experience, I'm going to give it to you, and I want you to know it does not look like what the world would give you. It doesn't resemble the world. It doesn't resemble the things of the world, or the attitudes, or the thoughts, or the ideas, or the culture of the world. I don't give as the world gives, because the world gives impurities. Jesus only gives the pure. Why? Because he is pure. So I'm going to give you something that is not defiled by, thought, by the thoughts of men or the actions of men or the ideas of men. I'm going to give you something that's very, very pure and it's peace that I give you, but not like the world. So I'm going to teach you something here that you need to know, that true peace depends on where you put your focus. True peace depends on where you put your focus. So as we've been reading this this morning, Jesus says, hey, I'm going to give you peace, but it's not the peace that the world gives, gives, so get your eyes off of the world. That shouldn't be your focus. In fact, the peace that I give you is going to be in opposition to the world. And your focus should be, according to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, we have to be thinking about things that are true, Things that are 
noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. Think about such things and the God of peace will be with you. Will be with you when? When you put your focus on what you are meant to focus on. Not the things of the world, but on the things of God. Because the world offers you things that are impure, but God says, no, think, think pure thoughts. The, the, the world wants to push on you things that are not right, and God says, no, I want you to think on right thoughts. The world is going to push on you things that are not lovely, and God says, no, I want you to think on things that are actually lovely, that are actually noble, that are actually excellent and admirable and praiseworthy. I want you to focus on those things, and when you focus on those things, you will have peace in your life. So true peace depends on where you place your focus. And I want to ask you some questions this morning, in all honesty this morning. I want to ask you some questions. Where is your focus? Because your focus determines the amount of peace that you experience in your life. Because if you focus on God and you pour yourself out before the Heavenly Father, He promises to give you peace. But if you're not experiencing peace, it must mean that your focus isn't right. Let, let, me, let me ask you a few questions for you today. And, and in fact, I'll make a statement then ask a question. So true peace depends on where you put your focus. True peace then is not wishful thinking. Well, I just hope this is going to work out. Well, I, I, I really hope so. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Who, who knows? But hey, I'm, I'm pretty confident this is going to... No. Listen, that's, that's the world's version of peace. Wishful thinking. That is not God's version of peace. In fact, the Bible calls us to hope, but the biblical definition of hope, as most of you know, is a confident expectation. Hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is actually confident expectation. I know that God is going to be faithful to his word. I know the promises of God. I know the goodness of God. I know that he's close to me. I know that he's going to give me his blessings. That he's going to give me his covering, his protection, his deliverance, his power, his healing. I know that God is good, that God is close, that God is listening, and God answers prayer. That's some things I know about God. And those things that we know about God, that is not wishful thinking. Those thoughts about God are pure and right and true and noble and excellent and admirable and praiseworthy, everybody. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Peace will not come through wishful thinking. I promise you that. Peace does not come when you think, well, I hope so. I hope so. No, that, that's, not, that's not peace. That's just wishful thinking. The second thing. True peace is not gained by distractions. And we live in a world. See, Jesus said, hey, I'm going to give you peace, but it's not going to be the peace that the world gives you. Here's what the world is feeding you right now. That the way that you're going to experience peace is by distracting yourself from the reality of your problem. Hey, do you want to experience true peace? Well, we have a resort for you down in the Caribbean. And a lot of you are like, oh, that'd be so wonderful. If I could just lay on the beach and get, just read all day and get a sunburn. Can I tell you something? Your issues are still going to be here when you get back. One of the things that I learned early on, on in ministry, probably within the first five, seven years of ministry, I, I used to, and back then, I, the, the level of stress that I had back then compared to now, I thought I used to be stressed back then. I didn't know what stress really was, you know? And yet, at that time, it seemed stressful to me, and I, I would be like, you know, baby, i got to take a break. I, I would talk to my wife. I've got to take a break. I've got to go get away. I'm going to take a three-day, I'm going to just take three days off. I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to distract myself. And then I would come back, and guess what? I still had to face the same things. I still had to make the decisions. I still had to, to, to make the calls on what was happening around us in ministry and what to do and how to do it and how to fund it and all those type of things. And See, this, this world will distract you. Do you want to be at peace? Well, you need a new car. Do you want to be at peace? Well, you need a new house. Do you want to be at peace? You need to go on a trip. Do you want to be at peace? You need to buy this gizmo or that gadget or, hey, you'd really be happy if you owned or if you went. Can I, can I tell you something? Jesus said, I'm going to give you peace, but it's not like the world gives you. And many of you are looking for peace. This, I'm telling you, everybody, this will preach right here. There, there are many of you that are looking for peace through distractions. 
through distractions, and you're pursuing the things that the world says will bring you peace, and I'm here to tell you that what they offer isn't peace. It's just a distraction. It's just a distraction. It'll give you a break for a little while. Oh, pastor, if I could only sleep in. Oh, if I could only sleep in. I've slept in more than once. And everything I had to face was still there when I woke up. You know what I'm talking about? How many know what I'm talking about? Like sleeping in. I always laugh about that. uh, Because sleeping in, it's not like you remember it. You're asleep. Right? It doesn't make sense to me. I just need to sleep in. Like, it, I'm just asleep when I'm sleeping in. It's not like I remember, you know, like, it's not like I'm laying there thinking, oh, this is so great, I'm sleeping in, because I'm asleep, you know? And it, it doesn't solve when things, when I wake up, all of those issues are still there. So it's good to get rest. I'm certainly not against rest. In fact, if you know anything about me, I, there, I, I purpose in my heart to take days of rest, and I force my staff to take days of rest. I force him to. There, there are times, and hopefully Pastor Tony's listening to this because he needs to hear it. Pastor Tony's about to go on sabbatical. And he's, he's going on a one-month sabbatical this July. And he and I are talking on Tuesday. And you know what I'm going to tell him? Rest. I, I don't, because Pastor Tony, I'm telling you, everybody, he is so driven. He, he's, and he's always thinking leadership and reading and growing and learning. He's a self-learner. And I'm going to tell him, hey, you're on sabbatical. I don't want you to think about leadership. I just want you to rest. Because rest is important. But some of you are looking at your rest and sleeping in and your days off as the answer to the problems that you're facing. And sleeping in won't solve the problem. Sleeping in doesn't fix this long term. It might make you feel better for a day. But you're going to get tired again. And you know what I'm saying is true, right? How many know what I'm saying is true? It's great for, there's nothing wrong with sleeping in every now and I sleep in at least one day a week. And I purpose in my heart to do that because physically I need rest. But I've learned that sleeping in doesn't solve the spiritual unrest that I have in my heart. It's important but it's not the peace that Jesus is talking about. He's like, no, I don't give as the world gives. I give something more. So true peace is not gained by wishful thinking and not by distractions. True peace is, dependent, is not dependent upon people. And boy, isn't that the truth? Because some of you are saying, well, I'd be at peace if, if so-and-so, or if my boss, or if I got... No, no, no. True peace is not dependent upon people. People are always going to be ornery. There, there are people in your life that they're, I'm telling you, we're surrounded by people and, and there's a lot of ornery people out there, right? Do you guys say ornery up here? Ornery? It's ornery, everybody. That's how it's pronounced. And I'm from Oklahoma. I should know, right? Because, you know, the English language came from the state of Oklahoma, apparently. Uh, no, you know I'm joking if I say that. We're just a bunch of hicks down there. Um, but we do say ornery. Um, can I, can I tell you something? People are still going to be people. And if you're depending upon people to be at peace, you're never going to experience true peace. You just won't. Because if you're, if you're anxious and stressful, what makes you think that the person next to you isn't? Or them, or them, or them, or them, or them. I'm telling you. And a lot of you just... Well, uh, 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 I, don't, I didn't say this first service, but I'm going to say it now. Some moms and dads, you lean into your children in a very unhealthy way because you think, I'm, I better watch what I say here. But the relationship that you have with your child, you're depending on them for joy in your life and peace in your life. And that is not their role. Your, your role is to not to receive joy and peace from your children, but from your heavenly father, because you're a child of God. 
And there are, some, there are some parents in today's culture that have that out of balance. They look to, the chil- to their own children for, to experience joy, and children do bring great joy, but the children in my home are not the, the, the truest source of joy. They are a gift from God so that I can enjoy them absolutely, but the source of joy in my life is my Heavenly Father primarily, who gives me the gift of my spouse and my children for my enjoyment. Some people just have that out of balance. So whoever that is that needed to hear that, there you go. I probably won't say it in the third either. So trust is not wishful thinking. It's not distractions. It's not dependent upon people. Trust is, I'm sorry, true peace is a matter of trust in God. Always a matter of trust in God. It's where you put your focus. It's where you put your focus. So we don't put our focus on things of fear. We put our focus on God. We put our focus on living a life of faith in God and in his word. Let me say it this way. Dwight L. Moody has this quote. I love it. Many people are trying to make peace, but that has already been done. God has not left it for us to do. All we have to do when it comes to peace, all we have to do is enter into it. Let me teach you something that you might not know. You already possess peace if you're a child of God. Why? Because the prince of peace is in you. You already possess peace. You just have to enter into it. God has already given you supernatural peace because he's given you himself. And the Bible says over and over and over again that he is known as, one of his names is the God of peace. Paul addresses the churches all the time. May the God of peace fill you. May the God of peace bless you. He he just says that all the time because God is the God of peace of peace. Everybody, we already have peace. We just have to enter into it. It's already mine in Christ Jesus. The question is, do I take advantage of it? The question is, do I embrace it? Let let me say it a different way. I don't have to work for it. I just enter into it. How do I enter into it? Well, I don't I don't look for peace the way that the world gives. Jesus said, don't do that. Because the peace that we need is a supernatural peace. It's not a worldly peace. So how do you possess the peace that we have in Christ Jesus? Well, we enter into it by not looking to the things of the world. Instead, whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, we focus on those things, meaning we live a life by faith. We walk by faith, not by fear. And it's a choice that we have to make. And I would challenge all of us, would you join Jennifer and I on a 21-day fast? We're fasting from anxiety. We're fasting from stress. We're fasting from the things that would, that would, that would try to take the peace that we are meant to live in Christ away from us. We're fasting from those things. So every time a thought comes in that's stressful or anxious, we just cast that off and say, that's not right. That's not pure. That's not lovely. That's not true. That's not excellent. It's not admirable. I'm not going to think about those things. I'm going to think about the goodness of God. So, every, so let me give you an example, because I'm, I'm a guy about application. I love application. So if I'm having a stressful thought come my way, and an anxious thought come my way, I'm going to focus on what the Lord tells me to focus on. And so I start, in, in fact, instead of thinking about that thing that only God can change, I say, Father, thank you that you're faithful. Thank you that you're close to me. Thank you that you're listening to me. Thank you that you have this in hand, and you're going to work all things out for my good. Thank you that you're working all things out for the good of my family, for the good of my church family. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your love. Do you see what I did? Instead of focusing on the negative in my life, I focus on the goodness of God and the power of God and then the peace of God that transcends all understanding is mine in Christ Jesus. I enter into it. I take ownership of what God has already given me, which is his peace. This is good stuff, by the way. I don't don't know why you're not standing up and shouting, jumping up and down, praises to God. Is this good stuff? Let me me say this, everybody. Number three, write this down very quickly. We must be at peace with God before we can experience the peace of God. Because this is what it comes down to, everybody. I'm I'm just telling you like it is today. This is what it comes down to. 
You have to be at peace with God before you experience the peace of God. I, I, I'm going to say it like this, and I want just to put your sermon notes away because this is, this, is this is what we've been working towards right here, this God moment right here. Everybody look at me, listen to me. This is the word that the Lord gave me for this moment right here. We do not have a peace issue. We have a relationship issue with God. If, you la- if you're lacking peace this morning, you don't have a peace issue. You have a relationship issue. Your focus is on the problem instead of the provider. I'm going to say it again. Your focus is on the problem instead of the provider. See, it's not... You already possess peace. If you're a child of God, you already possess the peace of God. You just haven't entered into it. And what you're missing is this, that you need to be at peace with God before you can experience the peace of God. You have to be so vulnerable in your relationship with the Lord that you pour yourself out by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present those things to God. Pour those things out to God. And the God of peace will give you peace that passes all understanding. In the middle of the storm, you can be at rest. You can be at rest in the middle of a storm. But you have to be vulnerable. And God wants the type of relationship with you in which you are vulnerable. But he already knows what you're thinking. He already knows what's on the inside. You might as well tell him. You might as well just open it up and pour it out. See, see what was happening in the relationship with my wife, and it wasn't even in anything between her and I. It had nothing to do with our marriage or our family. It was just some things that I was working through. And I was keeping it from her. And that was not wise of me. And that's not a healthy relationship. A healthy relationship is what I can go to her and say, this is just it. This is just, this is just what I'm thinking. That this is what I'm asking. These are the questions that I have. Are you surprised? And, and Jennifer, in her humanity, says, yeah, didn't know, but I'm glad you told me. But when you tell God, you say, God, are you surprised? <laughs> no, child, no. I've known all along. I just wanted you to present them to me so that I could heal you. So you don't have a peace problem. You have a relationship problem. You have a relationship problem. A, a right relationship with God is vulnerable before him, pours it out, and then you allow the Holy Spirit to train you to think on things that are good and right and pure and true and noble and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. That's how it works. And I have done my very best to present this to you in a way that you could be healed. If you were sitting at my kitchen table, this is what I would tell you. And then I would have a time of prayer with you. And that's what we're going to do right now. Would you stand up with me? Now, I told you at the very beginning of this, I, I pulled no punches today, meaning I, I told you from the very beginning, I'm going to allow you the opportunity to have an encounter with God. And, and it's, again, this is not where the prayer team is going to gather around you. This is just where you come before the Lord for anybody who wants to. And, and in your vulnerability, you're, you're going to pour out your heart to God. And we're going we're gonna to pray and we're going to worship for a little while as, as you do that. But don't ever be embarrassed to have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, healing is yours today and peace is yours today. The peace of God is yours today. When you follow God's design 
and not the world's. When you follow God's design, peace is yours. I promise you. And you can be healed. You can be at rest. At this very, this very moment, the Holy Spirit is going to minister to you. Would you just bow your heads with me? And I, I just want to say, first of all, if you're already ready to come, just come. You can come right now. And just kneel at the altar. And just present yourself before the Lord for healing. People are already coming. You won't be alone. Nobody's looking at you. And yeah, go ahead. Just keep coming. If you're not at rest, I'm giving you the opportunity. I should say the Lord is giving you the opportunity to be healed. To receive peace that passes all understanding. And I'm proud of you for coming. The Lord is so grateful because he's ready to do something mighty in your life. For the rest of you, could we just just pray for these? All of, all of you who are mature in the Lord and you've battled this issue, could you just begin praying for those who are here? Once again, the Spirit of the Lord is in this place. And we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Come on, let's just pray for our family members in need of healing today, in need of peace. You are welcome here, Holy Spirit. You're welcome here, Holy Spirit. Fill this place, I pray. Fill our lives, I pray. With peace that passes understanding. Today, Father, we pour out our hearts before you. Maybe even a little bit embarrassed about what we've been thinking about, how we've been handling it. We've been focused on fear and not on faith. We've been focusing on thoughts that were impure, that were not lovely, that were not right, that were not true, that were not admirable or excellent or praiseworthy. We weren't thinking the way that we were supposed to. We were filled with fear. And yet we realize today that that fear was a weapon that has been formed against us to steal peace from us. And I thank you today, Father, that that weapon will not prosper in our lives that you are the God of peace. You come to give peace that passes all understanding. And so today, we present our requests to you. We pour out our hearts to you, our prayers, our petitions with thanksgiving. We present them to you. We cast our cares upon you knowing that you care for us. And we declare, Father, that healing, that healing is flowing in this room right now, that your children are being freed from fear, they are free from wrong thoughts. They are, are free from trying to, to achieve peace through distractions or through other people. Today, we're choosing to enter into the peace that you've already provided for us. We are complete in the Lord Jesus Christ. So Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. For those of you in your seats, could we just lift up our hands and invite the, the Holy Spirit into this room, into our lives? We just worship you, Lord. You are welcome here, O oh Lord. You are welcome here. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome, Holy Spirit. Fill us, Holy Spirit, I pray. Remove every impure thought. Remove every thought of fear. Wash us clean, Holy Spirit. As we worship you, as we praise you, fill us. We welcome you. We welcome you, O oh Lord. 
we welcome you. And we worship, and we worship, and we worship you. You are high and exalted, Lord. You are highly exalted above all else. You alone are worthy to receive honor and glory, strength and power. It all belongs to you. And we worship you. We pour out our hearts to you today. We need you. We need you. Like never before, we need you. We need you like never before. We desire you. We long for you. We call out to you today. This land has proven to be very dry and weary. In a very dry and weary land, we understand that you quench our thirst. That you fill us with good things. That you renew our youth. You strengthen us. So we worship you. We worship you, O Lord. We worship you. We worship you. We bless your name. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Spirit of the Lord, you're always welcome in this place. You're always welcome in our lives. Spirit of the Lord, we honor you. We honor you. We honor you. Boy, he's so good, new song. For those who are out here at the altar, just continue to stay and pray as long as you want to. I'm so glad we have a church that's not afraid, not ashamed to worship the Lord Jesus Christ and to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives, not just in this place, but in our lives. I'm so proud of your new song for desiring God more than anything that this world has to offer. I'm so proud of you. Let's live our lives being vulnerable before the Lord, pouring out our hearts before the Lord and allowing him to do things in us that only he can do. He is our source of peace and it is incredible peace that you can have in him. If you've not given your life to Jesus Christ and you want to today, in your hearts, why don't you just pray this prayer with me? Jesus, I believe in you. And I invite you into my life today. I pray that you'd forgive me of all my sin. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Today I surrender my life to you. Jesus, I confess you are Lord. You're my Lord. Help me to follow you all of the days of my life. Today I surrender. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. I pray it in Jesus' name. If you gave your life to Jesus today, I want you to go to guest services. They have some information that they'll give you right there. For the rest of us, let's, let's take our conversations out in the lobby for those who still want to pray. I love you more than you ever know. Have a great day and enjoy the peace of God in your life, everybody. It's yours. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.